Hi, and welcome to the Overflow Podcast. I'm Chuck Ammons, teaching pastor at Overflow Church in Brandon, Florida, and we are here to help you receive the Father's love and to release it to everyone you encounter everywhere. Wherever you're listening from today, your God adores you. I pray this message elevates and ignites your faith. On this podcast, you will find biblical messages to activate your faith, as well as our You Asked For It series, where we address your questions about trusting God's goodness as Father and living out His fullness as beloved sons and daughters. To find out more about Overflow Church, visit us at myoverflowchurch.com or on Facebook at Overflow Church Brandon. We'd also love to encourage you to check out our book, Life in the Overflow, and its accompanying devotional at Amazon.com. a bad day when you begin it that way. Amen? So good morning, Holy Spirits. Yes. Just, just let it go deep. All that He has for you this morning. Just welcome Him. Say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to Your Word this morning. Restore my soul. Ask him. Say, restore my soul. So the title of my message this morning comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, where the Word of God says to strive. Now, we kind of think of the word strive as not a good word. Well, there is a bad way of striving, but there is a good way of striving. So the Word of God tells us to strive for full restoration. So the title of my message this morning is Strive, is Enter In to Full Restoration. Other translations say it this way, Grow to Full Maturity. I love the Amplified Version. (laughs) The Amplified Version says, Be complete. Be what you should be. Become what you should become. Strive for full restoration. So what does that imply, to strive for full restoration? Well, it implies that not all believers receive full restoration in their life. Not all believers reach that full maturity that God has for them while they're here on this earth. Are they saved? Yes. Are they going to heaven? Yes. Are we blessed as believers? Yes. But there's so much more. Say so much more. Listen, there is so much more than God saving you. And providing that way to heaven. God has provided a way to bring heaven to earth in your life. To bring full restoration. So I want to encourage you to be faithful to the word of God. 
and to strive to full restoration, to not give up on it. Because you know what? At times it is hard. It is painful. It is difficult. That's why we need to strive to stay in the game, to not give up on it. On January 1st, 1986, Robin and I, we packed up all that we belonged, and at that particular time, it wasn't very much. We were just out of college, uh, just a couple years, so we were really just beginning our careers, and we moved to Fort Worth, Texas, uh, in order that I would attend uh, seminary, and we left, really, literally, everything behind. We left our family behind. We left our friends behind. We had just bought a new home. We left our new home behind. Both of us really were beginning to advance in our careers. We left promotions behind. And so you have to ask, why, why would we do that? Why would we leave everything behind? We left it behind to follow a dream. I want to tell you something. God has a dream for you. And whatever you leave behind to follow his dreams, it's worth it. Because what he has before you is so much better than what you're leaving behind you. So what are those dreams that the Lord has for you? So 18 months later, August of 1987, you see this picture here. I was ordained as a pastor. Yeah, I know. I look a little bit younger there, don't I? Actually, Aaron, can you stand up for a second and face this way? If you want to see what I look like, yeah, stand up for a second, Aaron. You want to see what I look like? I want you to stand up. If you want to see what I look like, this is to look that way. Look that way. All right, so that's, that's what I used to look like, all right? And by the way, if you live long enough, it's going to happen to you guys, too. All right, I'm just, just saying. Uh, so, <laughs> so this was uh, Jan, uh, uh, August 1987, and I'm preaching my first message there on new beginnings. And so you see after I preach the message, uh, they lay hands on me. You can see this next uh, picture, uh, and they're releasing uh, what I need to fulfill what God has called me to. And so this is right after the ordination service. You see a picture of my family. Uh, this is my beloved wife, Robin, and my dad, and my mom. You can see my mom crying. Yeah, she was crying, so it was a very emotional day. And uh, then after I graduated from seminary, this was 18 months later, uh, I started my full-time position. And there I am in my office. This is obviously not in Florida. <laughs> this was in South Carolina. I'm not quite sure why I'm wearing my... My, uh, my University of Maryland hat uh, for, uh, for Josh and Courtney, yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I remember that as if it was yesterday. Wow, time goes by, doesn't it? Wow. And I remember the feelings and the excitement of chasing my dream. And I want to tell you something. I really believed that me and God <laughs> could change the world. Now, I realized I had some things out of order there, all right? God had to show me. It was God, the amplified version, and me, uh, who were going to change the world. And, and uh, I, I was absolutely excited, and, and um, there was nothing that was going to stop me. I, I was all in. I was sold out. For the next 15 years, 
I saw many lives saved. I saw lives changed. But I saw so many believers, so many Christians struggle, including myself, struggle with unwanted emotions and unwanted behaviors that had become strongholds in their life. Unwanted emotions like depression and all that comes along with depression. The sadness, the grief, the despondency, the the despair, the isolation. And I saw believers struggle with anger from offense, from hurt, and the unforgiveness and, and the bitterness and the resentment that came from that unforgiveness. And they didn't want it. They didn't want to have all this rage. I saw so many believers struggle with fear, anxiety, worry, to the point that it became panic attacks, and struggling with jealousy and and with lust and, and coveting, a discontentment. And in that office that you saw, so many hundreds of people came to see me, wanting help from these unwanted emotions and these unwanted behaviors that were resulted from these emotions that they didn't want. Addictions. Addictions to drugs, alcohol, pornography. But addictions to work. So they didn't have to feel their pain. They didn't have to slow, slow down enough to feel their pain. Addictions to entertainment. Addictions to food. A need to control. And they would come see me. And, and I remember, I, listen, I was sold out. I, I was running after my dream. I, I wanted to see people saved and come into the kingdom of God, but I also wanted to see the saved receive all that God had for them. And And I would pray and and I would beg to God. I'd beg God. I'd beg Him to help them. And I'd offer them advice and counsel, steps to not experience depression or to get free of this anger. To not be ruled by fear and anxiety. And there was no change. And here, here I was, I, I had two master's degrees, and I had no clue. I literally had no clue concerning how to help them. I knew, I knew that something was missing, but I didn't know what it was. You don't know what you don't know. And so what did I do? I just worked harder. And I just worked longer. And I just worked more. We call that insanity here at Overflow Church. (laughs) Doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. See, if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always gotten. And that's what I'd always gotten was, was an inability to help these, these believers. And the reason why we call them unwanted emotions and unwanted behaviors is because of what? We don't want them. They're unwanted. 
but we're stuck. And I, I, I was having a difficulty lining up this ministry that Rob and I had left everything behind to chase after this dream. And I had a difficulty lining up this dream that me and God was going to change the world. And what I found was, yes, I was seeing people say, yes, there were some lives changed, but not like I thought. And when I first became a believer, I wasn't raised in church. I had no idea what I should do. So I asked somebody, well, all right, now that I'm a Christian, what do I do? And they said, well, first you need to start going to church. I didn't go to church, so I said, okay. So I've been to church every Sunday since. And, and they said, you need to tell people about Jesus and what he's done in your life. I said, well, I can do that. And you need to start reading your Bible. So I started reading my Bible every year for over 30 years. I'd read my Bible every year. And I would see promises um, like Ephesians 1.3, where the Bible says that God has blessed us. Past tense, it is done. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now there's right now, we don't have to wait till we get to heaven. Right now, every spiritual blessing that's in heaven is available to me right now on this earth and to you as well. But I wasn't seeing it. I was seeing some, but there was so much more. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. By His divine power, God has in the present given us everything that we need for living a godly life. He's given us everything that we need for life, for abundant life, for overflowing life. For godliness, it's right now available to us. And, and I didn't, I wasn't receiving it and I wasn't able to give it to others. There was something missing. In the verse, John 10, 10, it was a passage that I would quote so often where Jesus defined his own purpose for coming to earth, his own purpose for his life when he said this, I have come to give you abundant life. At Overflow Church, we call it life in the overflow. But I, I just wasn't seeing it. I was seeing people saved through my ministry. I mean, I saw a lot of people saved. It was amazing how many opportunities the Lord gave me to lead people into a prayer of giving their life to the Lord Jesus. I saw people saved but I saw believers struggling with the same things as unbelievers. I saw the saved struggle with the same unwanted emotions and unwanted behaviors as the lost. But it all changed, didn't it, Robin? It all changed in 2002. When Robin wrote a manual, we call it the Restoration Manual. Wow, Robin, it's been 20 years. 20 years, yes. All the lives that have been changed. 
and are currently being changed that now as Overflow Church has sent me out, as Pastor Chuck has stepped up to be the lead pastor, as Overflow Church is now sending me out, I'm meeting regularly with lead pastors who are just like me. They are, they're just like me. They're, they've left everything behind to chase after a dream. They're seeing people saved, but they're seeing them stuck. And I'm sharing this restoration manual, first of all, for them, but then for their churches. It is amazing what God is doing now, but all the lives we've seen in 20 years that have been blessed by this restoration manual that you wrote. And you were kind of the sojourner, the person who went first here at our church. And so I thought, you know, rather than me just uh, share this message with you, I thought, you know, probably we should go to the source. What do you think, huh? Go to the person who wrote the book, right, or wrote the manual. So, so Robin, um, you know, 20 years. Wow, I have all these people, all these memories. You know, Michael, uh, you know, Michael Tafferling, I was brave of you, Michael, sharing that testimony and, and to be a part. And that was right at the beginning where I really didn't know what I was doing. It's amazing what God will do with someone who doesn't really know what they're doing, but who just has a faith in God and and so, uh, you know, those early years of seeing, seeing just people set free. So, so tell us, uh, Robin, what, what motivated you to write this manual that has transformed so many lives? Thank you. Um, I was just like everybody else that he was talking about. I just struggled um, my whole life. I struggled with uh, confidence and self-respect and major depression and anxiety. And, um, and I, I suffered silently because, um, you know, I'm a pastor's wife. I'm supposed yeah. to, like, have it all together. So... You mean you didn't? <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. So it was just... Um, it was overwhelming to me how deep the yeah. suffering was. And um, I had tried so many different things. Um, like Len said, you know, how he worked harder. Well, I worked harder, too. You know, I, I read books. I uh, tried to read the Bible more. Mm -hmm. I, um, I prayed more. I was teaching in churches, and I just would teach more. Um, and I would make sure that I was at every church event. But it didn't, it didn't change the suffering that I had inside. Um, and in 2002, I uh, had a friend who reached out and said, I think I can help you. And um, I met with him, and there was such deep, mm -hmm. incredible freedom yes. from the hold of the enemy in my life that suddenly the fog was gone. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, the heaviness and the oppression were gone, and it was just absolutely incredible. And when I got home and began to kind of live this out, I kept thinking, what in the world happened to me? And so I, I went to the scriptures, and it's very interesting that, you know, how many times you read the Bible and how things don't, like, light up to you until, you know, it's the right time. Yes. And so... We're reading, Len and I are reading the Bible together yeah. and we're going, oh my gosh, oh, look. I that before. Oh yeah. yeah, we never saw it like yeah. that before. So, so what I, I wanted to share my experience with other people. So I wrote down what I was learning about the scriptures and just put it in um, a way that could be taught and shared. And that was the freedom 
manual. Mm, yeah, so, so this is really um, Restoration Manual 3.0. Uh, so we had the, the first manual, and then you revised it uh, two times. So, so tell us about the first manual, and then why, why the first revision? Well, why 2.0? Okay. Well, the first manual was focused on freedom, and it was focused on um, severing the, um, the hold that the enemy has in our lives. The first manual really looked at um, a lot of strongholds that we were carrying, and we looked at what agreements did we make with the enemy? What agreements um, did we not make with the Lord? And so we just began to sever those agreements yeah. that we made with the enemy yeah. and replace those agreements with what is, the, what is God saying? Yeah, that's right. and, um, and so that was really the focus of the very first one was releasing the enemy's hold yes, in our right. lives. Yeah. So something happened in, in our ministry as we, as we were growing in this, you, you saw that there was something missing. Yeah, so um, there, I mean, there's just so many beautiful people who were a part of this whole process, Cindy and Kathy, and, mm -hmm. you know, where we would be ministering to people with this manual and it just automatically moved into emotional healing. Um, it, it was like, okay, we're releasing the agreements that we've made with the enemy, but then um, there was emotional wounds from the trauma and from the um, agreements that we had made with the enemy. And we just, so we started ministering to people beyond what we had written here. And I wanted to know more. I realized that we only had like a really small yeah, piece of the beginning. puzzle, mm -hmm. right? So I, I went to, I, I heard of this ministry called LL International. Mm -hmm. And- um, Go LL, yeah, it was very woo. much part of our church today. And um, they were doing a two-week conference in California, so I went. And um, I, I just received such yes. like beautiful, beautiful yeah. emotional healing during that time and realized there are some elements that we need to take back because yes. we're already starting to do it. We just need it yeah, yeah. in a structured yes. format. Uh -huh. And so when I came back, I didn't copy LL. But I created it based on what the Lord was doing in our church, right, right. you know, our anointing, our gifts. Mm -hmm. And so I just, it wasn't a full revision because we still did yes. um, the, freedom you know, the freedom yeah. ministry, but we just added the emotional healing piece to it. So that was the second yeah. part. And then uh, recently, uh, 2019, uh, we were talking about, okay, you know, Pastor Chuck is really moving in this place of, of lead pastor and, and, and kind of restoration was the ministry that I really wanted to run after and meeting with uh, lead pastors and churches in this region. So uh, I said, Robin, I think you were in the midst of, of getting your doctorate at the time. And I said, hey, Robin, can you uh, rewrite the manual and really focus on restoration? So this is, this is 3.0. So, so tell us, wow, it's an amazing. It, this, this is amazing. It's it's just 28 pages, and two of them are just full of scripture. So you really condensed it, and, and so tell us about this. So this was a this was a rewrite right here. Yeah, this one was a major revision, and um, people, and we, me included, you know, we would have relief from the hold of the enemy, and we would 
um, have emotional healing, but but then what? Like for what purpose? And and what we found is that some people were receiving this healing and this freedom, but they weren't connecting to the Lord. They weren't developing that intimate relationship with the Lord. They weren't being restored to all that God right. had yeah. um, in store for them. And so what happens when you don't have direction and you don't have a purpose? You go back to what go you back. know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and so I thought there has to be a change in direction like a complete change in direction that we shouldn't make the majority of it about the devil and we shouldn't make and then but the addition of i mean that piece was important but the addition of the emotional healing but then we had to change it to the restoration piece um what where what is my identity in the yeah. lord how can i how can i strengthen yeah. that intimacy bond um yeah. And what God. is our inheritance that God has for us? You know, the, those verses that I, I read, you know, 1 Peter 1, 3, where God has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So, so the restoration is to receive his fullness. As 2 Corinthians 13, 11 says, strive for full restoration, grow to complete maturity. And so... Uh, you know, 1.0, you know, the, the freedom manual is what we called it, was kind of the, the removal of the enemy, you know, the absence of demons, demonic oppression in our life. Uh, 2.0 was the absence of pain, emotional pain that had come through neglect, abuse, trauma, things that, decisions that we had made, things that were done to us. Um, but we saw that there was something still missing, and that was the focus on not being delivered from or, or, or healed from, but instead being delivered and healed to. That, that relationship, that intimacy, that ability to hear the voice of the Father, to trust that voice, and then to obey that voice, that relationship. And so the restoration manual really is the 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Strive for full restoration. Uh, don't just put up with all that stuff and think, well, this is just my lot until I get to heaven. It's not. You know, Jesus did come to give you life and to give it abundantly. So I, I really love uh, the way the restoration manual is ordered. It's so practical. It has four truths, which are kind of the foundation of this ministry. And then it has four easy steps, to, not easy, but practical steps. They're not easy, right? Let's not, take that word out. Eh, not easy. It's, it's, it's going to take work, right? It's going to take... Uh, it's going to take soul, um, but, but it's clear so that anyone can read the restoration manual and really uh, find great uh, healing, great, great deliverance, great restoration. So uh, let's, let's look at the, at the first truth. Truth number one, everyone has been wounded. Therefore, everyone needs restoration. So in, in the manual, under that first truth, you came up with some brilliant diagnostic questions to help people connect their past wounds, you know, the, from the neglect, the abuse, the trauma, where others have hurt them. Uh, so you, you, you have these questions that help people connect their past wounds in their body, soul, and spirit with their current, right, present, ongoing struggles with these unwanted emotions and unwanted behaviors. So, so tell us, um, 
how your medical background, how it helped you, you know, as a nurse, and then you became a nurse practitioner, and now I think for the past eight or nine years, you've been a professor now of nursing, you're, you're teaching uh, principles of healing uh, to nursing students. So tell us how that so impacted this 3.0, this, this, this newest version of restoration ministry. As a nurse, um, we're trained to look at the whole person, um, body, soul, and spirit. We're, we're trained to, um, to have patient-centered, holistic care. So it's, it's what we do. And when we consider our patients coming in, we look at what's going on physically, we look at what's going on emotionally, and we look at what's going on spiritually. And we're taught that there's a connection between body, soul, and spirit. And it's really interesting how I, I, didn't, I didn't connect that. It was like I compartmentalized mm-hmm. my career with my faith, mm-hmm. and yet here is Jesus yes, in the midst yes. of all of it, right? Like connecting all of it. A nurse practitioner, right? He, it was his plan all along. So we look at, like, okay, has there been a physical trauma? Has there been an accident? Has there been some type of injury that has caused emotional wounding yes. or spiritual wounding? Yes. Or is there some type of emotional trauma that affects you physically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a connection between the two, and so I want it, or between the three. So I just wanted to make sure that from a spiritual perspective and from a ministry perspective that we were assessing people in the same manner. We were encouraging them to look at body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. I remember when um, you got your master's degree and you became a nurse practitioner, and, and that was new to you. And so you had uh, th- this little flip uh, card. Little cheat sheets. Yeah, little cheat sheets. Yeah. So that when, when people came to see you, because you were working in a doctor's office in Easley, South Carolina, and you were seeing patients just like doctors would, but you, know, you, were, you were still new at it, and you had... Uh, th- these these diagnostic questions, and you had these things that you followed. I'd watch you practice every day uh, as you were you were going through that. And so, as I read the manual, it, it reminded me of that. It's like, wow, she's giving us a cheat sheet. <laughs> you know, the- yeah. So, yeah, because you know, at first, it's not second nature to you, but. You do it enough, it becomes second nature to you, right? So you don't see nurse practitioners now going, oh, wait, let me refer to my cheat sheet, right? So, I mean, we just know it, and and we just do it. And in the same way with um, the manual, initially, um, if you have... um, you know, considered being a part or or you have actually participated, you know, you might use that as well. You might, like, just follow yeah. along. But eventually, it becomes second nature yeah. to you. Eventually, you begin to see yourself in that way, too. You begin to um, to be able to provide help and ministry to others. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I, I've, I've read your manual o- over 100 times, but I had not looked at it probably in about a year. So I hope you'll forgive me for that. Um, but obviously, in, in getting ready to do this message, I thought, well, I, I need to read the manual again and, and uh, continue to learn and sharpen my skills. But also, the Lord had recently, like Pastor Chris, had, had uh, you know, just showed me that I had made a wrong agreement about my sleep. You know, uh, I've, since, as long as I can remember, I have not been one to sleep much and have a difficulty going to sleep. And I thought, well, that's just how God made me. And then you and I were walking and I saw some traumatic things in my past that were associated with my sleep. And so, especially on Saturday nights, 
on Saturday nights, I, I mean, I would average three to four hours uh, coming in to preach two messages. And last night, I slept a full night last night. Uh, I, I told Robin that, just, just I said, Robin, as Chris was sharing his testimony, I, I slept all night last night, a Saturday night. Yeah, that's pretty significant it victories is. I mean, here. Yeah, I mean, there would be usually three, sometimes four hours between Robin and I going to bed. We went to bed together one time this week and went to sleep at the same time, first time ever. So we're all, we're all continuing uh, in this restoration, you know. So um, I guess I said something, didn't I? <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. It's, it's all, all good, good yeah. Uh, a lot of times after our messages, or after my messages, um, as me and my boys, we'd be riding home. We would debrief. My, we'd say, okay, so what, what did the pastor talk about today? And then they'd say, well, the pastor said this. And I'd go, no, I didn't. <laughs> anyway, so I have no idea what I said, but obviously I said something. But okay. Yeah, all right. So uh, let, let's look at truth number two. So wounds, wounds often cause and by the way, these are truths, okay? So we'll be looking at the four principles uh, right after this during, during our lunchtime. These are truths, which mean they're truth for every single human being um, between now and forever and between here and Adam. They're, they're truths. They're foundational. They're the pillars of what this ministry is built on. So truth number two is that wounds often cause unwanted emotions and unwanted behaviors that lead to strongholds. So how do these unwanted emotions and unwanted behaviors become strongholds in our life? Okay, that's a great question. So um, I, I think about coping mechanisms. And as human beings, you know, when we're stressed or we have a difficulty, we revert to coping mechanisms. And they're not always a bad thing, but some of them are really bad. And, and some of them, you do them once and it's a stronghold. But over time, what happens is when we begin to lean on them instead of going yes, to the Lord, yeah. instead of having someone pray for us instead of sharing what's really in our heart. We just do these pat these behaviors over and over again. And so that becomes our go-to. That's, that's a stronghold. That develops into a stronghold because we're not going to try anything else. This is just what we do. So that's why we call it an unwanted emotion, uh, that being depression. Nobody wants to feel depression or feel this anger, this rage, this bitterness, resentment, this unforgiveness. Uh, or fear, you know, anxiety, you know, the worry that nobody wants to feel that. They would, they would, they would like it to not be in their life. But it had, to, it started somewhere, right? I mean, something triggered uh, these emotions and these behaviors, the, these addictions, and it was some woundedness in our past. And so it's like you said, um, r rather than really turning to the Lord and finding uh, healing and finding restoration. Uh, we begin these coping mechanisms. We don't want to feel uh, these these emotions. No one yeah, wants to so feel. Yeah, so we try them. to cover them up. Yeah. So we are not feeling them anymore. Yeah. So we start doing behaviors uh, that become addictions. Some people are addicted to work. They work, 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 so they don't have to feel the depression, the emptiness, the isolation, the loneliness. Or I used to use music, so really loud music, just to kind of quiet my thoughts, so I wouldn't have to hear my own thoughts. Um, so any, anything, e even good things, can become strongholds. So in the Restoration Manual, you said that, and I quote you, 
that you gave up on behavioral modification. What did you mean by that? You gave up on behavioral modification. Behavioral modification is like changing your behavior intentionally without allowing your, um, your emotions to follow. And so sometimes it's just going through the motions. And, and sometimes that's really helpful. Like if you are struggling in a marriage and there's you know, a change that you need to make, you might not feel it fully, but you're gonna take those steps. You're gonna modify your behavior and then hopefully the emotions will follow after that. But if you're not really assessing why that behavior is there in the first place, or why you're not participating, or, or why you are doing this one thing, if you're not really exploring that, then it doesn't matter. You're just gonna stop. You're gonna get tired of it. You're just not gonna, you're not gonna really change, because there needs to really be a connection between yeah. the emotions and the behavior. That's well said. So behavioral modification, it doesn't work. You know, eventually, you know, your will will get worn down, and something will happen in your life and you'll just quit, you'll just quit. So if you don't change the emotion, which is the want to, so even though you have these unwanted behaviors, you have them in your mind, you realize that, that these are not good for you, that they're destructive, that they're causing death, right? All, all sin we know leads to death, the, the, the loss of something. But you still want it. It's kind of strange, isn't it? You, 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 these emotions want it, and that's why you continue to do it. So the goal of the restoration manual is to remove the emotional want. So you don't want it anymore. So those of you who struggle with pornography, rather than just have a behavioral modification of covenant eyes or other type of things, what, what if you just don't want it anymore? What if you don't want to turn to pornography when life gets hard, when you feel rejected or when you feel sad or when you feel overwhelmed? You just don't want it anymore. That's what I loved about Michael's testimony earlier. Yes. Thank you for sharing his, that. His, his want to. He just didn't want to smoke the cigarettes anymore. And so that's the goal of the Restoration Manual. It's not, not to give you more tools and techniques to change your behaviors. You've already tried that. It didn't work. Instead, the goal of the Restoration Manual is to change you, is to change your want to, is for God to heal you, to heal what caused that emotion in the beginning. So, uh, so anyway, I love that part. It's in, your, it's in the introduction. Uh, and I love the way you begin uh, you know, your, your manual, you know, where it says, you know, you know, there is hope. Don't give up because so many of us have tried so many things and it didn't work. And we just, we just gave up. So truth number one is that everyone has been wounded. Therefore, everyone needs restoration. Truth number two is wounds often cause unwanted emotions that lead to unwanted behaviors leading to strongholds. I love truth number three. Truth number three is the good news, and that is that God wants to heal everyone. Say everyone. Everyone means you. Some of you are like, no, that, that's not, I can't. Yes, he can. You know, uh, Hebrews 13, 8, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So why would that verse be in the Bible? Because if you want a picture of what Jesus wants to do in your life right now, look at what he did in the Gospels. He hasn't changed his mind. And no one came to Jesus and left disappointed. So if they needed uh, to be set free, they were set free. If they needed emotional healing, he healed them. Whatever it was uh, that they came to him. So, so we believe, truth number three, that God wants to heal everyone. 
So you share, uh, Robin, in the restoration manual, how God has healed you. Uh, and, you know, you've, you've shared this message to many churches. You know, we, we've gone and, and had the opportunity to share this restoration manual with many churches. So can you share a personal testimony of his healing in your life? Yes. Oh, good. I, can. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I would say the one that is the most precious um, to me is um, when I went in for a ministry time, and I went in with such um, heaviness and such deep, deep um, depression and um, hadn't slept for days. Yeah. It was just chaos in my mind yeah. and in my soul. And when I went through um, the ministry, yeah. it was beautiful. Mm. And um, I guess I would say that I felt seen by God for the first time ever. I felt heard. You know, like I was telling you that I just repressed everything, you know, you know, hoping that nobody would find out like who I really was, you know, or what I was what was really going on. Yeah, your struggles. And yet and yet God saw me and God heard me and I experienced um, the love of God and I know that sounds trite, but I experienced the love of God like I had never experienced in my life and my experience with him was more real than sitting here talking to you all. It was just incredible. And so I, I think that being seen and heard and loved, like that was the foundation on which everything else followed. I needed to stand on that foundation. And restoration's a journey, right? So you're not like restored to perfection. Like you're not there, you haven't arrived. Right. But that was a foundation for me. And I think that would be um, the story that I would that I would share. And of course, I was there and, and, and saw what God did in your life. Uh, and, you know, the Lord used you, Robin, as, as the sojourner, as the, as the, as the brave one. Uh, and, and this has now changed my life. And as we brought this to, at the time, we were South Brandon Worship Center, and now we're Overflow Church. Um, it has changed many lives here, and as I'm taking this now into the community, uh, so, so I, I want to thank you um, for how it has changed my life and my family, um, but also I, I would just like to see how, how many of you have been changed by the restoration ministry or by the restoration manual. If, if you would just stand up, if, if you did do that for me. Wow. So, so thank you, Robin. Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless you. So what happened in, in that event that, that Robin talked about is, so here I am, a pastor, and I'm becoming cynical because I'm begging God to help people, including my wife, including myself, and, and we're wondering, God, why are you not answering our prayers? Uh, and so it, it, it wasn't that God hasn't blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heaven, Ephesians 1.3. It wasn't that God hasn't given us everything we need for life and godliness, uh, 2 Peter 1.3. Uh, 
See, heaven is always pouring. God doesn't withhold anything. But what was happening was there were things on this side of earth that was blocking it. And those things needed to be removed. We call those old agreements. So that God's new agreements, what he's pouring from heaven, can come into our life. And so that's what you experience is, is that, wow, God does see me. Wow, God has heard my prayer. It wasn't that God didn't want us uh, to be free, depression, anxiety, these things. But there was something that was in the way of what heaven was pouring into our life. So let's look at uh, our fourth truth, truth number four, uh, which is really key. Um, Everyone needs someone to help them through the process of restoration. Everyone needs someone to help them through the process of restoration. So why is this so true and so important that a person gets help? Well, you know, my, my life experiences and your life experiences are all unique. We see the world from our own perspective. And so we're looking at it from our subjective experience, and we can't always see um, what needs to be changed, what needs to be helped, or what the connection is, yeah, yeah. right? We, as, as Len said earlier, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. We can't see what we can't see. And it makes a huge difference to have somebody that you trust, like walk beside you and help you to overcome this issue or that issue, this pain or that pain, or, you know, recognize when the enemies outwork in your life. And, um, yeah, so I think everybody needs somebody. Yeah, everyone needs everybody someone to help them through the process of restoration. Right. And, and hopefully it would be that, that person that you trust. Uh, and, and you may be thinking, wow, I don't know anything about restoration. I want to tell you something. The way that Robin wrote this restoration manual is you and, and, and another person, you just go through it, and God will show it to you. It's, it's divine truth. It, it's revealed through the Holy Spirit. You don't need experts. You know, I, I think that people have made the ministry of Jesus too complicated. He, he, he made it simple. He said, have the faith of a child. So a child should be able to do restoration. So all you guys, most of you are adults, so you can do this. Um, but I think what you said is so true, is that you can't see what you can't see, and you don't know what you don't know. And so, you know, Robin, you and I have really taken each other through restoration, because I would hear your story, just like recently, when you and I were just walking, and I shared with you a story about my past, about being sent to bed at dinner time, uh, where there were still two or three more hours of daylight, and and and... And sleep was used as a punishment um, by my, my parents. So I associated sleep with punishment as something to avoid. Now, I think I do have a lot of energy, so I think that was a part of it. Um, but, I, but I had a wrong association. I had some wrong agreements, and I needed God to heal me, and I needed to forgive uh, my parents and to release that uh, and for God to begin to restore my sleep. You, you helped me with that, and this is most recent. So uh, I encourage, uh, like when I meet with pastors, I encourage pastors and their wives, go through the restoration manual together because th that other person that you're married to is going to be able to see things in your life that you're not going to be able to see because, you know, when, when you're raised as a child, that's all you know. So you don't know what was neglected. You don't know what wasn't given to you. And some of the things that were abuse, 
you, you would think that was normal because it's a part of your family, so you just accepted it. Uh, and some of the trauma uh, that happened to you, you, know, you just kind of blow it off when in reality some of your unwanted emotions and unwanted behavior is directly tied uh, to that neglect and that abuse and that trauma that happened to you as a child. Uh, so it's helpful to have a person in your life uh, that you trust, that can see. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a spouse. It can be your missional community leader. Yes, definitely. You know, so I mean, somebody that is invested in you, somebody that you can trust, that you can call and say, I'm really struggling this. Can we meet for coffee? Or, you know, can I share this in the group? Um, so that yeah. makes a difference. So, Robin, as you and I were, 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 were going through this, and I think we, we went through this interview like five times, right, just practicing and, and really talking about what we felt was needed. Um, and we tried to project ourselves back, you know, when we first got married, and we had these, these unwanted emotions and unwanted behaviors uh, that we begged God to take away, and he didn't. And so we just worked harder, right? We just worked more. We just prayed more, read the Bible more. And I'm not saying those things aren't good, and they helped. Um, but we said, we need to, to share this in a way that will give hope. Uh, so we kind of thought about ourselves sitting out there. So what would you say to, to the Len and Robin Harper, who, are, who is out there, who beg God to take away these unwanted emotions and unwanted uh, behaviors, these addictions, this control, these things, these issues that are bringing shame. Um, what, what would you say to them this morning? Well, Robin and Len. Yes. No, what I would say is this. Like, these are real things. These are real issues. These are real pains. These are real struggles that not only affect you, but affect your family and affect, like, the world around you. And so what I would say, first of all, is, is don't give up. Um, that you may have tried all of these different things, but it doesn't mean that it's the end for you. It doesn't mean that there's no hope. So I want to encourage you um, that there is hope and that there's always hope. Um, and then the other thing I would say is that if you are struggling, please try to reach out to someone that you do trust. Um, please contact your missional community leader. Um, please contact someone on uh, the restoration team mm -hmm. that can walk with you through some of this stuff. Um, if you feel like these are issues that you can handle on your own, the restoration manual is on the website. You can download the manual and you can begin going through it yourself. Mm -hmm. However, when you get to a certain point where you feel like you're stuck, mm -hmm. that's when you need to reach out. Don't stop there. Yeah. Don't feel like there's no hope for you. Reach out and let someone walk yeah. with you through that's it. That's the truth number four. Everyone needs someone to help them through the process of restoration. You know, we had others help us and then of course we helped uh, each other, and we've continued, and, and others have helped me. Michael Tafflinger, um, you know, we've been accountability friends for 20-some uh, years, and Michael has really helped me as well uh, through some uh, unwanted emotions, unwanted behaviors. So you begin your restoration manual saying, don't give up. There is hope. Don't give up. There is hope. That's 2 Corinthians 13, 11. You know, the title of this message is Strive, 
strive toward full restoration, a good strive, meaning don't give up, don't quit on the process. Some of you are thinking, well, you've begged God, you've, you've tried everything. No, you haven't. God wants to, he wants to heal you. He wants to set you free, and he wants to restore you to that place of intimacy so you know your inheritance, so you can walk in your identity. So in our message today, uh, we really focused on the four truths of the Restoration Manual, which are, are the pillars that this ministry is built upon. Right after this service, we are going to have a lunch uh, for those that are interested in being a part of this Restoration Ministry. And so uh, I will be teaching the four steps of the Restoration Ministry how to apply these truths to your life, but also how to apply these truths to others. And so if the Lord is really stirring you that, yes, this, that you, you need more uh, and you need to, to hear more, we, we want to invite you uh, to our lunch. It will be in the multi-purpose room, and I'll be sharing uh, the four steps. And then we're going to have some live simulations of what it would look like um, because I think sometimes people get this idea, you know, of the exorcist, you know, where the, where the girl's head spinning around, and it's not like that at all, okay? It's how Jesus did it, right? It's a beautiful experience on, on restoring people. So if you would, please, just stand with me and just close your eyes. And the Lord has been speaking to you through this message. He's been giving you hope. He's been telling you to strive toward full restoration, to not give up on the process, that being a Christian is so much more than being saved. So right now in this moment, I want to ask if you would just lay your hand on your heart. And the question I want to ask is where is it that you believe God has a plan for your life, a plan for fullness, a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, a plan for a hope, a plan for a future. And right now you feel like you're just experiencing part of it, that it's broken, that it's not together. Where do you see a gap between what God has promised and your experience? That's where you need restoration. Right now, with your hand on your heart, would you just tell him, Lord, in this area, in this area of my life, come and restore me. In this area of my life, it is not well with my soul. Or in this area of my life, I've been saying, it's good, I'm all right, but you didn't come for all right. You came for life to its fullest. Not that I would exist, but that I would live. You came for more than I could ask or more than I can imagine. So I just want to urge you right now with your hand on your heart, if where you're living right now, you could ask it or imagine it, there's so much more. Would you just be honest right now? Father, this is what's broken. And it may seem crazy to me to know how you're going to heal it, how you're going to put it back together. But I'm going to say this right now. 
Father, I believe you haven't given up on my full restoration. You will not stop until I'm fully restored. And since you haven't given up, I won't give up either. Somebody this morning, that's where you need to stand. Father, I'm still breathing. You haven't given up. You will not stop until I'm restored. And so today, I won't give up either. I just want to urge you, somebody, quietly before the Lord, would you say that? I won't give up either. I won't give up. In the miraculous ways the Lord heals, sometimes he comes in an instant and lifts something. I'm asking right now for somebody that it'd be like scales falling from your eyes. I'm asking for somebody that it'd be, I went up and I went to that church service and something that was spoken brought me into a new awareness with the person of truth, Jesus Christ, and something broke and changed. Father, we don't want to limit you in any way. So right now I ask all around this room, places where there are burdens and weights that we've carried in, I ask right now for the grace to let them go. I ask for some right here in this room right now to find it lift off of them because you're a good, good father. But Father, for some of us, we found ourselves and it feels like we're lost in the middle of the woods. We've been journeying a long time and we don't know our way out and we've tried all the steps and we've tried all the plans and we've got nothing else left. And what you want to do right now, though you are the God that could heal instantly, for some of us, the most compassionate thing you can do is come and find us in the midst of the woods where we're lost and take our hand and walk with us a step at a time so that together we will conquer this place where we were once lost, where we were a victim, now we will be victorious, and we will know the feeling walking every step back out with our Father. So Jesus, however you want to do it, we say yes to you right now. You haven't given up on our restoration. You won't stop until it's complete, so we won't give up either. As you're in this moment, I just want to ask one more thing. The first was that we'd make the commitment not to give up. The second is, is a question of who. Who is God calling you right now to go to in your restoration journey? Where is it that you're walking isolated? You're walking alone. Maybe just like Pastor Chris's testimony, there's something that you haven't even given language to because you've just been putting up with it. But right now you're seeing, oh my goodness, this is what I'm living in. And for the first time you're getting words, I'm going to ask, please don't walk isolated. Who would God ask you to go to? I'm asking for every person for the Lord to give you a face, a name, a friend, a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, a missional community leader. And I would just ask, would you boldly obey whatever the Lord is saying? Oh, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that restoration is our inheritance, and I speak faith over this whole room that it's true. You will completely finish everything you've started, and we will see it with our own eyes. Father, we don't lose faith. We don't give up. I ask right now for an anointing for every man, woman, and child, that wherever it is you want to find us and whoever it is you want to walk with us, that we would see it clearly 
And our answer to you would be yes and amen. If you agree with that, say amen.